everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. And we're really excited today. We are talking about one of the major networks doing Christmas movies. This is very fun. We're talking about the CBS movies. There are three movies this season from CBS. And uh, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and we have Kaylee Scott is here. And thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. And I love Christmas. Clearly Yay. I'm out for uh, <laughs> any uh any visual of this yeah you got the, your llama sweater on and you got your christmas tree in the background and it's, it's impressive <laughs> and your hat yes <laughs> so if people don't know we had uh Haley on a couple times for city girls pod uh where we were talking about sex in the city and so this is the first time you've been on the 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 regular a regular recap and uh, so people missed that why don't you introduce yourself to the to the audience sure my name is Kaylee Scott I'm an actor writer comedian in New York City and um childhood friend of Jack's for those who uh who know her probably a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> yes Yes, our very good friend Jax, and I, of course, thought of having uh, you on for this episode because we have Jax in one of these movies yeah. for a small role, so very fun. Yes, it was very exciting and fun to watch. <laughs> so you you both grew up near each other? We did, yes. We um, didn't go to school together, but we went to the same theater camp, oh, um, okay. and that's how we met. But my best friend went to her school, so we had, you know, we had people in common already. Um, so yeah, we've yeah. known each other a long, long time. So would you say you're a pretty big uh, Christmas slash Christmas movie fan? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I I mean, as a kid, I used to listen to Christmas music in June. Like I was one of those kids and yeah, I, I love all Christmas movies. I, in the pandemic, it's interesting in the height of the pandemic or the early days of the pandemic, um, that summer I was watching a lot of Christmas movies cause they were mm -hmm. so comforting and it was, you know, a weird time to be in the city. So <laughs> Yeah, it was just a weird time in general. I mean, I remember Hallmark started playing Christmas movies on, I think it was like on Fridays or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, a lot of people definitely were, were turning to, I, I even remember reading about people putting up their Christmas trees and stuff like that in, uh, in, it was in 2020, like in March and April, you know, the kind of thing, because they were just needed some comfort something yeah and there's um there was that study that said that christmas tree lights actually like the whole the kind of aesthetic is a can be a mood booster yeah um so That's I understand, interesting like, yeah yeah, yeah. recently with the whole debate of you know people being like do you decorate before or after thanksgiving and there was some study that said well it makes you happy so you know it <laughs> early you know earlier yeah is because it makes people happy so I totally understand why people did that yeah um, if it gives you joy yeah why not <laughs> someone growing up and their mother um had a tree up all year and would just change out it would the be like holidays yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, a cute idea yeah mm -hmm. like you know it was obviously a fake tree um but yeah, if you like to have a tree up and and the pretty lights and yeah, every holiday mm. is just something something a different theme. Yeah. Well, what was interesting about the, uh, these uh, movies for CBS? So they had done 
uh, was it just one or two? They, I think they did two last year. And then uh, they had done also, like, and then the previous year, I think they'd done one. Um, and so this year they did three. And, uh, and, but then this year, the, they, they had, I don't know what the ratings were the previous years, but this year they had really good ratings for these CBS movies, uh, which, uh, like, uh, the fit for fit for Christmas, the first one we're going to talk about had, uh, over 3 million viewers, uh, yeah. which is a lot. I mean, yeah. the, I think the, that's around the best that any of the Hallmark movies did. Yeah. So I think that does speak to the fact that there still is uh, a audience for now for the networks, they, you know, that yeah. that makes a big difference because none of these had like major stars. So the fact that they still beat Hallmark is that kind of interesting. It is interesting. It's like the, you know, the networks have um, obviously in theory, a wider audience, just because if you have a case, you know, like you, you'll yeah. probably have abc nbc cbs i mean i know things have changed but um if you have if you pay for television yeah. um not streaming only um so yeah it, it is interesting and just like there is something to i think um in people's minds i'm not saying that i subscribe to this but i think in people's minds there's some sort of validity that comes from one of the major networks that like you know something was on comedy central versus on nbc people are going to like and i love comedy central yeah yeah no i people yeah and i kind of i thought i didn't know if that was the case i was uh, anymore like that kind of surprised me yeah yeah so i don't and maybe it's not um but that was one thought i had like maybe it's because it's on cbs people feel for some reason that yeah um, you know hold on to maybe not yeah i think there's still like a yeah there's there's still a draw to the networks that i kind of thought maybe had been it wasn't there anymore but oh, um uh, it you know it's still i don't know still is at least in this case uh, yeah. i thought that was very interesting uh and uh so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty good batch. I liked all three of them uh, to different degrees. Uh, so they did a good job, I think, with these movies as well, which always, you know, makes, uh, I think, makes some difference. If, if uh, And then I think especially, I would bet next year, they will get even more because these three were good or so good that people will be like, okay, I definitely have to put that on my radar. So yes. Yeah. And I bet they'll be able to get maybe not um, like a huge, huge star, but since these did so well, I feel like they're, they've been very yes. smart, like incrementally building more of like yeah. a Christmas, um, not that Christmas would ever be CBS's branch, but like building a Christmas audience that I think mm -hmm. even at least like CBS stars, they'll probably be able to get them because who wouldn't want 3 million viewers? So they'll probably be able to put a little more star power if they want to behind, um, you know, maybe combine. You obviously have people who are off, who do a lot of Christmas movies. And that's certainly a draw too, because their audience will follow them. Like Neil, yeah. Black, I imagine, you know, like the audience is going to follow him. Um, so that combined with like someone people know from a CBS show would probably be, oh um, yeah, you know, yeah, that would be good. Uh, I don't, I, I forget which, uh, which networks do what, but, um, 
don't they have the like the um of the uh chicago all the chicago series isn't that cbs chicago fire chicago i think they have i mean these (laughs) very different genre but i think they have like criminal minds also i don't know if that's one but that that franchise they have Yeah. yeah so they could have some of the stars from there i mean it's interesting because uh the uh hallmark hall of fame for years before there was even hallmark channel was on cbs uh so it's almost like they're coming back to their uh you know their roots in a way yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah so yeah yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to watch uh this whole uh christmas landscape uh, how it plays out yeah well it's funny how a couple years ago netflix got into it it's like they've Uh realized that money talks and they've realized like oh this is profitable profitable as much as they they, uh you know probably poo-pooed it i think Mm -hmm. then they were like oh but people people want to watch this content so we better start giving people what yeah i mean and and it's interesting because then we've had new players come into the market who've really not done well have flopped uh and uh and yet some of these old school players doing well so it's just it's just interesting to see how it all plays out but i know it really is yeah but all right well let's dive in so we have fit for christmas this was the first one on the fourth and uh it stars amanda klutz a paul green and (laughs) and it uh has a basically a cameo from our friend yeah 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 and was written by Anna White, who, and we had Amanda and Anna on the podcast. It was really fun. And uh, the, the summary is the holiday tale of Audrey, an enthusiastic Christmas obsessed fitness instructor, teaching classes at her beloved financially beleaguered community center in quaint mistletoe, Montana, who begins a holiday romance with a charming, mysterious businessman complicating his plans to turn the center into a more financially profitable resort property. So what overall did you think about this one? I thought it was super cute. I think uh, Anna and I have a shared love of the movie You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. And there were elements, like it didn't feel like at all, um, like one of those retellings that sometimes happens where it's like um, the Christmas version of this movie. Like that was <laughs> not, <laughs> that was, but it was just like, there were moments and maybe it's just me, you know, like, wanting to see it but there were moments where I was like oh that feels like a little bit like an homage to a scene and you've got mail that I personally really love um so I I enjoyed that little element whether that was intentional on on Anna's part or on the director's part or not um that I don't know it gave it a little extra extra something for me um and it was funny. I was thinking to myself like, oh, I obviously this doesn't make a good movie if the two leads um, like each other right away. But I was like, oh, I absolutely would have fallen for Paul Green's like charismatic shtick like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the whole like love triangle. I mean, really the whole time we're like, yeah, right. Like you're going to go with this other guy. <laughs> right right like you have to have a love triangle but yeah it's um you just want to shake her and be like look history is powerful history with a person is powerful but you just want to shake her and be like yeah you want want different things like that is well I guess 
you know, she wants more similar things with yeah. the character than we initially believe, but. I, I thought this, I liked this movie. It was a perfectly fun, was a little disappointed by it though if I'm completely honest mm-hmm. um just because it is it was very basic like I've seen this movie a million times before right. uh which is fine like it it you know if I if I was jonesing for this kind of save the save the community center story then it's fine it it and everybody and it's benefited by some good banter from Anna and mm-hmm. uh and some good performances so I didn't mind watching it I just I guess I from the interview and from uh everything I was expecting something with just like a little bit more edge, like a little bit more something a little different right um and uh and that's not this movie this movie is just pretty basic like formula formula right right yeah and uh so and i don't maybe that was just my expectations kind of coming into play with this one um but uh but it was it was it was cute and and, um so yeah i think they they could have i think they could have leaned a little bit more into like the fitness part of it um i don't know just done something a little different than you know safe save the community center, maybe lean more into the, uh, uh, into the whole, uh, fundraiser for the, um, with the kick line and everything like that, or I don't oh, know, just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been fun to see some of that and you never know like what ends up on the cutting room floor also. So, um, who knows? Ooh, I'm so sorry. Life in New York city. There's some <laughs> happening out there. Um, <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, it would have been fun to see, to see some of that. I did, I did really like it, but, um, you know, it's definitely, there's like movies that follow the formula of the genre and then there's movies that break away from it. And this one like definitely followed the formula, um, you know, which is fine. Um, but, um, you know, the thing that I thought was really cute is, I took my original, I took notes, my original note file got completely corrupted. So then I did it all again. Um, (laughs) I thought Jim's sort of cute little like boy crush on Griffin was very cute. I feel like a lot, I think it was Jim, um, the husband of the friend where he's like wearing the scarf and he's trying to, um, you know, like emulate him a little bit. And I just thought that was like a nice touch because I feel like a lot of times male dynamics are portrayed with this sort of like competitive, toxic masculinity thing. Oh yeah. And, you know, and that wasn't, that wasn't the case. He, he had, you know, what I would call like the equivalent of a boy crush, like a totally platonic kind of admiration based thing where he sort of just wanted to be a little bit more like him or their elements that he, um, and the, like the scarf one. And then when he's complimented on the scarf and he lights up, I just thought that was like really nice mm-hmm. to see, um, sort of a non toxic masculinity dynamic. I'm not even saying that's like, yeah. part of the genre. it's just part of a lot of stories that get told. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I enjoyed Jim and I, I think if, if, if it were me and I could place, if I could change in, in a way that I would, uh, I think if I were, were to make some suggestions, 
I would have leaned a lot more into the fitness part of it because that's something we've like never seen before in a Christmas movie. Like usually it's all about the cookies and the, the, you know, the things. And I would have, I think it would have been fun to have there be some kind of like maybe a marathon or something like that, that they're sort of working on and, right. uh, and have it be on Christmas day. And, uh, and they get kind of competitive about it and, uh, and they don't like each other maybe because they're competitive, who's going to win the race or whatever it might be. And, yeah. uh, and I, I don't even think you really need the save the, you know, kind of a thing. And, uh, that would have felt to me, that would have felt fresh and fun and to see people getting kind of competitive. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I, I think I would have leaned more into that. Right. You're like done with saving the, the saving the town. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it's so, I mean, we know exactly what's going to happen and, and I don't know. I just think that would have been more subversive and funny and, and, uh, but, uh, but I, I do think that Amanda did a good job. I, I feel like you wouldn't know that this was her first lead in a, in a, yeah. I was, um, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me, um, until Jackie had said something, um, mm-hmm. that, like had just said that had mentioned it was her first movie. And I was like, Oh gosh. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get that from yeah. watching and sometimes you can tell. And it also didn't feel like, like, I know Anna, um, I think had wanted to work with her. And and so Jackie made that connection with Amanda Klutz, but it didn't feel like stunt casting. Like it actually just felt um, like a really natural casting um, versus, you know, oh, this person is known for this thing. Let's plug them into this movie. And, uh, you know, the whole time you sort of feel that, that it was stunt casting or maybe they don't really sink into or whatever it is. Um, But I didn't feel that with Amanda. It felt you know, it felt like she, um, she was supposed to be there. So hats off to her. Yeah. And, and then she has, uh, her friends, uh, Jeremy and Elise, the married couple mm-hmm. that they were cute. Yeah. Uh, and so that was fun. And, uh, did this movie make you want to get a gingerbread latte? <laughs> so badly. <laughs> yeah. I was like hard sell on the gingerbread latte and I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> I thought their dynamic was super cute. Um, And, you know, it's nice to root, to actually be invested. Like what I thought this film did really well was I did feel invested in the B plot, um, you know, which doesn't always happen. And I really was rooting for them too. And I was interested in what was going on with their storyline. It wasn't just, I think because, you know, the writer and director invested into the storyline, but I, I didn't just feel like it was, killing a couple of minutes until we cut back to, um, to the, you know, to the leads. I was like, you know, yeah. I, want, I want them to have what they want to have. Well, and I do think Anna's script really elevated everything. Uh, like when she, just funny lines, like, what are you, uh, you're making a audition tape for the history channel. Yeah. <laughs> like that was yeah, funny. Yeah. There was like and, her sense of humor throughout mm-hmm. was, was great. Um, and, and, you know, there, I did think as much as you're like, no, this guy's wrong for you. I did think the, the Amanda Klutz's character's, uh, like path to her decision felt really realistic to me in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. person that you've spent a ton of time with, you have history with coming back in and there's a sort of 
really easy offer to um, do a version of what you wanted and be yeah. the person and how tempting that would be. Um, whereas the, the kind of new frontier of a new person and, um, and a new job. Yeah. Um, and a new place. Cause uh, she'd been in New York city, uh, trying to start this gym, uh, yeah. with this, uh, with, uh, Bradley, uh, play with Stephen Myers. And, uh, and so, so she, you know, she, she had in a comfort, she was in a comfort zone with him yeah. Yeah. and, and, and with New York and with everything. And, and it, she also had to kind of admit, uh, to a, to a degree of failure, which is right. always hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about the familiar and, you know, the number of times I've gone back to an ex, I can certainly attest to, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) to how, uh, you know, how Mm -hmm. comfortable that that can be. And, and it, it, that felt really real. Like that struggle was real. And even though, um, of course, you know, you're rooting for, um, her to get with the Paul Green character, I, I didn't feel like that it was, it didn't feel contrived. Like, obviously that's always, you know, that that's mm-hmm. really part of the love triangle, love triangle plot, but it felt the way that the backstory was, I was like, well, of course she's questioning this. It wasn't one of those films where you're like, I don't get it. This is, yeah. I don't understand why you would do this. You were like, oh, I get why she would find this difficult. Well, and they didn't make him like a bad man of business. Like he, she could have been happy with Bradley probably and yeah. doing the, the club in Soho and, and every that, that was like a, a decent option for her, yeah. but it was it the right option. So that's sort of the, the journey of the movie. Yeah. 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 I, I like that. It's yeah. a bummer when, when they make one so far off that, you know, obviously you're it's just nice when you you're rooting for the the one that they want you to root for but you can understand why and you're kind of in that place of like ah I don't like ultimately I want you with this person but I could see why this is a good option also and why you would want this or why I would want that in the care like it all felt um like an actual human journey versus a plot point Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they kept running into Paul Green and, and her Griffin kept running into each other in kind of fun ways. Like at the, uh, they, uh, the, at the bar with the beer and it, they, they end up in the, uh, uh, the Christmas trivia. Yes. Uh, thing, which was fun and yeah. mistletoe trivia. So <laughs> we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Calling all Pride and Prejudice fans, Lizzie Shane, the award-winning author of the Pine Hollow series, has a brand new small town romance on the shelves. And this time, it has a Jane Austen twist. In Pride and Puppies, a Jane Austen fan struggling to find her modern-day Mr. Darcy decides to swear off men and adopt an adorable puppy, only to find herself catching feelings for her sweet, not-at-all-Darcyous neighbor. Lizzie Shane's Pine Hollow series has been called an irresistible blend of heart, humor, and a whole lot of puppy love. Don't miss Pride and Puppies, available now wherever books are sold. To learn more, visit www.lizzieshane.com or use our affiliate link in the description. That's lizzieshane.com. Trying to win over the town 
And, uh, you know, it always makes me laugh that they, there's nowhere else that they can build their resort. They have to, <laughs> it has to be here. <laughs> there's, there's another one, I think like, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there's another one, you know, where it's a very similar thing. I did Montana has no land evidently available. Has to, be. has to be right here. I also <laughs> did think, um, Jackie's lying about like, I love to ski because she's not like, she said this, but she's like a terrible skier. She <laughs> not love to ski. Um, <laughs> so I thought it was yes. uh, funny for me that that was her, one of her lines. Yeah. Um, yes. Our friend Jax was a, uh, she's, uh, just a member of the community at the community board, the uh, uh, meetings, there and she makes an, an important vote in the end yes yeah yes. uh so that was fun uh, i guess her, her character name was jackie actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. and uh there's also a scene where they help uh darlene uh make cinnamon rolls she's like the town baker so that was fun and uh he's going to be the if he gets this deal uh, he's going to be the chief operating officer of the company. And so his dad's putting a lot of pressure on him to get the deal, get the yeah. deal. And he's starting to feel more and more like this is a problem. Like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing it this way? But his dad won't listen. And, uh, and so she, she sets up this fundraiser, uh, and, uh, and they're going to do this kick line, um, and in the meantime, he asks her to dinner. Uh, and I mean, I, I like the fact they didn't make it emotional cheating because she was broken up with yes. Bradley. Yeah. Uh, which, so that was good. Uh, but they have their little date. And, uh, and then we, he says that lemon zest is disgusting in scones. And I just like, what on earth? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I very much disagree with Anna on this one. <laughs> you want to have lemon zest? I don't know. How do you feel? Um, you know, I've never really thought about it that much. So now I have to like go, I feel like I need to go get a scone. I like the lemon flavor. Yeah. I, I honestly never pondered it until those, that sort of, you know, recurrent theme um or joke but yeah i i feel like i need to go get one with and without lemon zest and see where i land i've never minded it but i guess i don't i don't know if i would think it was better without it um yeah. but yeah i thought that was funny that was so <laughs> like a really funny like very specific character thing that yeah. um yeah that was fun to watch i mean i in general don't really love scones they're very dry usually dry and dense yes. they have to be, I like I, them in the right setting but uh -huh. I don't like keep scones in my house <laughs> I'd rather have a muffin yeah usually those are more moist yes yeah yeah <laughs> I like uh, so then they have uh the let's see uh, so then uh Bradley shows up and uh and then uh, they they have kind of Bradley and Griffin have a uh, sort of a meet cute 
And uh, so then, then that starts to be kind of fun, like this dynamic between the two of them over, you know, kind of fighting over her, which is cute. Yeah. I like, I like that. It was fun. And, um, you know, I appreciate that they were, they were also different enough that it didn't feel like, you know, sort of a copy paste situation. And she, yeah, she's just deciding between kind of two of the same person. Um, right. And also true. Like, neither, like, I also appreciated that Bradley's like not a bad guy, you know, it's not one of those where he's like practically yeah. a villain and you're like, why would she ever, cause then you have to question the, you know, the leads judgment on right. like, why are you with this person, but he's not a bad guy. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a bad man of business. Like you see in yeah. these movies. Yeah. And like both, you know, both of them were, both guys were like good people. It's just a matter of which one is the better fit for her to be, you know, to pursue in a relationship, but you're not, you're never looking like I've definitely seen ones where either the ex or, you know, the fiance or whatever that they ultimately don't end up with is kind of a terrible person. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't like that because then it's, you know, unless there's some immense growth that occurs over the course of 90 minutes, um, you do sort of have to question the judgment of the lead. Whereas in this, I was like, oh, I get it. Like he's a fine person. And so they're both great. They're both good people. Like it's, well, and then a lot of times the scripts will try to make you think that the person's bad because it's obviously not the one she's supposed to be with. But when you actually think about it, you're like, what has he done? He's just like this person. (laughs) <laughs> right like he you know it's there's like that meme going around of like you know essentially like the big city boyfriend yeah. like, oh I can't do this one Christmas because I'm trying to secure like 10 million dollar deal that's going to set us up for life she's like never mind I'm going with my you know yeah. hometown. hometown hunk yeah 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 it's like when you really think about it and sometimes they are terrible but when you really think about it it's like oh is he really that bad or you know yeah. Yeah. And so they, they did a good job with that, with this. And and then Bradley, uh, well, they have the kick line and then make 60 yeah. K. So they're getting close. I think they need like 85 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was, that was a fun idea, especially with Amanda's uh, Rockettes background. That was a fun yeah. wrinkle to the, to the movie. And, uh, and, but then Bradley proposes uh, and, uh, and so that kind of gets exciting and she has the ring on, uh, and, uh, and she, he says that, uh, and so then they, there's the big town council meeting and, uh, he raises his offer to, uh, another million dollars. Again, is there no other buildings in this town? just makes me laugh here uh, a million and so everybody's like whoa and uh and then we do get a very you've got melee line this is very nor efrony line we says if we, if we bumped into each other at a juice bar what would you say yes that's it reminded me of the conversation uh joe and kathleen yeah. outside of her apartment before she goes to meet ny152 yeah if i was um, just yeah yeah I think when he, and he says uh, Harry says do you think we would have hit it off and that's when he sees her engagement ring so then he gets very jealous and he's really sad and 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he talks the, to, they both talk to their dads yeah. about it. And, and her dad I th- says the best paths take you to unexpected places. Yeah. That's and, a good one. Yeah. 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 And, uh, then, uh, he tells his dad, he doesn't want to be COO of the company. And, uh, uh, and then, so they, he, he raises it by a million dollars. And this was when Jackie, uh, has the big vote and she says she votes for the, uh, uh, the new for the, for Paul green. So everybody said, <gasps> loves to ski yeah that's right <laughs> uh and so they're able to get the party back on there's this party and uh there's a new plan uh they're going to work the community center into the uh the resort yeah. to have both yeah. uh and uh and so it's gonna it's a win-win true win-win situation here yeah, except for yeah. all the tourists that are going to come to this town. Um, that's like what always goes through my head in these is where I'm like, oh, good, you guys worked it out. But in reality, your little small town is about to be as crowded as Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because they they don't have they must be pretty close to actual ski resorts anyway. So I'm not sure why this would this one hotel would make such a difference in yeah. you know, I mean I would think that this town would already have lots of tourists because it's not a ski yeah. resort yeah it's not like it, they have lifts and stuff there right. so I don't know it's kind of kind of funny but um <laughs> it's overthinking it <laughs> but yeah they tried to make it be I'm like oh there's be gonna there. be there's gonna be it's gonna really hurt all of the vendors so then uh he made sure that like it's going to be those people that are going to be providing for the resort so yeah so everybody wins at the end uh and we and also we, have in real life if, if a big corporation is coming in one would hope that they would find a way to um you know mm-hmm. not put the town the people who live there out of work yeah I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I would think that they would try to, you know, to work with local businesses and things like that. You you see that quite a bit, actually, I feel like, is they'll have like a local kind of section or, or kind of yeah. thing going on in a lot of these places. Yeah. I mean, in truth, the a lot of the big box uh, kind of places uh, are doing as, uh, are doing really poorly now. And it's some of these niche, uh, that, I mean, that's the difference between you've got mail and now is that uh i i don't know that fox books would be doing any better than uh than uh the shop around the corner uh today yeah Yeah, i mean uh, i don't know new york's always different but uh a little bit of a different landscape but uh i mean uh, borders is gone barnes and noble is not doing great uh and uh, a lot of those big box stores are actually hurting um because of the online competition there's in so i live in the the you've got mail neighborhood and the Barnes and Noble, um, she actually based it a little bit on, on these two shot, uh, a Barnes and Noble and a, a kid's bookstore in um, Union Square, but there was a big Barnes and Noble, not far from Lincoln Center, um, around where Fox Books would have been. And that's been closed for years. Like yeah, it, yeah. it totally failed. And there are indie booksellers in the city who see, you know, who kind of wrote it out and seem to be doing fine. So it's very yeah. cyclical, but yeah, we're, we're, 
not in like a, I think the, it, if you've got mail was made today, it would have to be almost like a, you know, something yeah. that first a little bit. Yeah. 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 And uh, so then uh, we have dad, the dad and Darlene getting together, which is fun. Yeah, I like that. That was cute. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, we have her talking to Griffin and, uh, and saying that, uh, that you, that you inspired me to follow my path and he's going to be the manager of the resort. He's not going to be COO. And, uh, and she's not engaged and they explain it all. And then they kiss underneath the mistletoe and all's well, that ends well. So, <laughs> uh, wh- what would you give this one? One to five, uh, crowns. What would you give it? This movie, you know, probably a little biased, uh, for the people who made and, and are in yeah. it. But, um, I'd probably give it a four out of five overall. Uh-huh. I'd give it a, like a 3.5. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. And uh, so let's talk, uh, let's dive into the next one. This was Muscle of Christmas. This is on the 11th. And uh, it stars Lisa Lapira, Nathan Witte, Nathan Vitti, and Neil Bledsoe. A renowned romance novelist, famous for her Christmas-themed books, finds herself snowbound in the charming town of Cranberry Falls, where she unexpectedly becomes involved in a love triangle between her childhood crush and a reporter determined to interview her to save his dying magazine. So overall, what did you think about this movie? I really like this one. Um, something that I really appreciated about it was the casting. I felt like um, a lot of times movies will open and you know they don't really stay in New York City, but they'll open in New York City and everyone is white and everyone is straight. And that's not you know, the reality. And so I appreciated that there was um, a lot of diversity in casting. Um, and, you know, I thought the B-plot romance was super, super cute. It's another film where I was like pretty invested in that B-plot. Um, and I really liked the sort of meta novel, romance novel um, and the way that they threaded that throughout, I thought was really well done, really smart. Yeah, I absolutely loved this movie. I thought this was one of the best of the season, one of the best of the year. 
uh, the script was so good. I loved the way that uh, the banter between uh, Neil Bledsoe's character and uh, and this lead, uh, the uh, the novel romance novelist, and the way they talked about uh, the different tropes of novels and uh, and uh, the first scene, she she's almost dismissive of it herself you know that she she's not a room uh damsel in distress and and uh and then she realized and, and she gets confronted by the idea of like do her characters need rescue and is that a bad thing and all of that was so well done i really really enjoyed how she they actually played out her her stories it starts with one of her stories and uh you have nathan Vitti as sort of the hero of the story with Derek and Holly and uh and as as she changes the her story changes the ending of her story changes and I thought that was so good and I agree about the secondary romance it was so sweet I loved it I could have had a whole movie just about those two I it know was, was so good I thought <laughs> I thought this was so well written. I I definitely want to get the writer on the podcast, uh, Mark Amato. Uh, mm-hmm. He I, I've emailed him. If you're listening, sir, I want to talk to you because I thought you did a great job yeah. with this script. Yeah, agreed. I thought it was really well done. I and not to I don't know in <laughs> in entertainment you're always sort of thinking about like oh, this film is like this film plus this film. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like a little bit in the beginning with the love triangle on this one, sort of, it felt um, like a little Bridget Jonesy where I'm like, I don't know which until- Yeah, more- I could see that. Now, like until more is revealed and then you're like, oh, I absolutely know who I'm rooting for. But um there was there's moments earlier on throughout actually a fair amount of it um until more is revealed that i was kind of like i i'm not sure who i both are good options i'm not really sure who i want her to be with um there's the thing with the his you know the sort of clandestine like the past that the you know she has with one and then there's obviously the meet cute and the chemistry with the other um, and it felt for me, that was my experience of watching Bridget Jones was like, ah, both are good options. I don't know until, you know, and then once yeah. you, once something is revealed about someone and you know, then yeah. Well, and at least for me, it was really smart casting because Nathan Fiddy is such a likable, uh, actor that when he turns out to be such a villain, I was like, ah, oh, you really don't expect it. Uh, which I think which is great. Um, you know, it keeps you, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And, and I almost like in the beginning, I really liked him more and I was pretty somewhat wary of the Neil Bledsoe character yeah. because I, he's like a journalist and, and he's, he's like, ask you know, he, they, someone actually, you little know, cocky. Yeah, yeah. He's like, cocky. he's really digging into her business. And I felt like maybe I just missed it, but when he's, when they're talking in the, in the beginning, um, over coffee, uh, I was like, is this on the record? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was, I was like, well, I don't know if people know that they're on the record right now. Well, it was a fun subversion because usually the hometown 
guy, the second chance romance is, is usually the, the one that we yeah. go for. And so for him to be the, the, you know, the guy from the city that is this reporter and everything like that, like it was a little bit subversive and you do have to buy that this magazine would truly be saved by the interview of a romance novelist. It, you just have to go with that part. <laughs> I mean, there's Yeah. I feel like with every movie, there's at least one piece of the plot where you're like, okay, this is creative license. We're just gonna, just gonna accept that this is the reality you're selling us. Yeah. I also loved the whole element of the five deal breakers for a partner test that she's, she has, she has this list and throughout the, but that was another brilliant part of the script is that you see that through the course of the movie her adding to the list and also kind of changing what she thinks that she wants uh throughout the course so that added a lot to her character i thought that was a very smart uh construct to work into the script yeah i liked that and realizing like who she is what she wants um and and how that's starting to you know skew Mm -hmm. her like skew a little bit more toward one guy versus versus the other yeah well they just allowed her it was like a concrete example of her character growth which was great and you really did see a lot of character growth with her because she in many ways buys in to the uh to the criticisms of the genre that she writes in she's almost embarrassed i think a little bit to write in by these by these books and it, by the end of the um, by the end of the movie, she uh, she's proud of them, and she's literally like living them out in her own life, which is just really good writing. Again, yeah, and it was a, just a nice kind of defense of the genre, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from from the writer of the of the film. Yeah, but- and. They have this kind of meet cute at the beginning because she's in line, uh, and he uh, he doesn't know it's her because she's like this recluse at the beginning. She doesn't leave her house. She's basically like living quarantine, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so he is all critical of the genre, and uh, and you know she says, well. Uh, they you know, they argue kind of back and forth and uh but she's the white whale get, uh, exclusive post you know the the big get and anyway so they have this kind of meet cute and and uh the she, he gets the idea because his assistant uh reads the his assistant assistant uh reads the books and uh he says with everything going wrong in the world these books give us a safe place to escape what's wrong with that and i say amen to that absolutely perfect yeah a wonderful defensive not you know like the novels um as well as as films and yeah and so he says he says in line he's like it's the myth women want to be rescued by a man uh and uh then they uh uh, they go back and forth and he says, this is happily ever after is more of a journey than a destination. And yeah. that, that was what impressed me so much about this movie is this writer understands romance novels. Yeah. This was not dismissive 
uh, or because uh, I actually just did a whole presentation to some people about uh, about what is uh, important about these movies. And uh, one of my points was we live in a society that often views female sexuality as as stupid as yeah. uh even gross you know you see it just like ew that's gross and i'm like why is that gross you know right. and uh and so i appreciated so much this this movie and uh and i it, there were parts of it that did make you laugh like bumped in buffalo <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i have to say also just in general i feel like you know because it's network the cb and because it's um you know cbs uh i felt like they were not that anything was extremely dirty but i felt like they were able to get away with um you know some very edge. funny slightly more edgy like risque jokes yeah. and all of them um that maybe wouldn't happen other places so i did i did appreciate yeah element of all of these as well yeah well and i i loved the the tip for tap between the two of them and uh and uh she says the truth is i'm a bit of a bore and i'd hate to get the word out <laughs> that's a good line uh and uh and then uh she writes in his book when you believe love always finds a way which again so you're getting this like back and forth between the two of them that really brings this sort of romantic tension up and i have never seen i don't think lisa lapira in a movie but she was great i thought she was great yeah i really i thought they had really cute chemistry i mean neil Bledsoe's, you know like very easy on the eyes but um and mm -hmm. so was she i thought they had really good chemistry it was very believable yeah i was like i do buy that these two people would um would be into each other and yeah 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 and uh and then they have this whole thing that well first impressions are overrated because they end up at the same b and b uh because the airport's shut down and everything and uh and they continue to have sort of this back and forth says i don't think of my characters as needing a man to rescue him they're kindred spirits who come together despite all obstacles like, yes so <laughs> yeah Reach, reach. <laughs> it's so interesting to me that I think if I hadn't looked up who the writer was, I would have probably, and this is a this is a good thing. I would have assumed a woman wrote it because I mm -hmm. felt like um, women's perspectives were validated and not diminished. And yeah. I find that male writers do that a lot. So I'm right. very impressed with. Yeah fact that this is a male writer and um and it was he like he wasn't making fun of if anything he was sort of uplifting and um adding a lot of value to um to the genre and the way that women connect with the genre yeah and he just did such a great job of making these two people fall for each other like bit by bit by bit like every interaction mattered and was well done and fun yeah absolutely mm -hmm yeah and uh and uh we have uh let's see here um so yes yeah, so then there's uh um ryan and lucas so lucas uh let's see here which is the, i'm getting my names confused now i'm which is the one that works for her it's ryan right yeah ryan uh and then lucas is the one that works for him yes yeah so so lucas is the staff photographer uh at the at the um 
magazine. Uh, and so he comes in to help him and, uh, and then has kind of a meet cute with Ryan and, uh, Ryan is, is really frustrated about, uh, dating apps. He hates them and I'm with him on that. Yeah. (laughs) No, they're terrible. Uh, and so they get in a car accident, which you could tell there was more of a budget in all three of these than in a typical Hallmark movie, something like this car accident. I don't think you'd necessarily see in a Hallmark movie. I thought it was pretty well done. And, uh, and the tow tow truck driver is Caleb, uh, and Caleb was her high school sweetheart. And, uh, there was like a miscommunication about the, the dance uh, and so they, uh, um, they didn't end up like getting together, but anyway, they, uh, they have this kind of meet cute. And I, I really did start to wonder, I was like, maybe, maybe there's gonna, I don't know. Like they did do a convincing, uh, that maybe she really is going to be with Caleb. I felt like as, as much oh, as you could do. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I really, that's kind of where I hearken back to the, to that Bridget Jones comparison only in that I was like, Oh, I like in the beginning, you're like, Oh, I like this pairing a lot. And it makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. he has the hometown hunk. So, um, yeah, I, it, there was a solid, you know, stretch where I wasn't sure. Well, which way to go. It's especially because they made him a firefighter. And he's like putting on this festival and, you know, so there were a lot of reasons to be like, this is a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And how within the genre, this would maybe traditionally be the guy Mm -hmm. that she would end up with. Um, And yeah, you're like, oh, he does so much for the town. (laughs) Yeah. But they, but then they would have these scenes with, uh, with Nick and Natalie and, like she's drinking alone at the bar. That was such a good scene between the two of them. And they have this great discussion of, uh, you will never see a kiss on a romance novel cover, but the almost kiss that actually is actually more powerful, which I do not like almost kisses for the most part, but she, she did a pretty good defense of that. They they always tell you, or at least in my experience in, you know, acting class and um, theater school and all of that, that it's always the tension in the moment before that is like the most exciting. And they're like, because that's the most exciting in life, like that tension before. For the first kiss, we're like, is it going to happen? Um, or is it not going to happen? And so they always tell you to like play into that, um, to play into that tension and, and to like live in it. Uh, and that that's really, really powerful. And then obviously the kiss is great too, but then you've sort of transitioned into, um, another beat. I think the problem a lot of times with the near kisses is that they don't use it in an interesting way. Right. Uh, so they, they have the near kiss, which, yeah, that's kind of fun and tantalizing. And, but then it's like forgotten completely by almost all the scripts and they, cause like in, in reality, if I almost kiss somebody versus actually kissing them, it, I don't think it would be that different as far as the effect it would have on my life. Like I would, that would be pretty exciting, you know, to, Oh, I almost kissed them versus 
Um, and, and in most of these movies, they have the near kiss and then it's just completely forgotten. So if they can work it into the script where it's intentional, why did we almost kiss? Why did we, and, and like, make it not so stupid, you know, like a cell phone or something. Nobody's going to stop kissing because of a cell phone. No, you're going to like ignore the phone. I (laughs) like personally, if I were to actually kiss someone, then from that point on, we've established like, yeah. You know, whereas if I'm going to like near kiss, if I like near kiss someone and we get interrupted and then like, we can't pick, you know, whatever interruption means we can't pick it right back up. That's going to be, that's like, I'm going to be awkward. Yeah. It would have to be part of the story. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not just going to be able to casually see the person at like the (laughs) bakery and not be like completely weird and insecure about it because I'm like, do you, what did you? did you like maybe rethink it and you like, don't yeah. want to do that anymore? Like, where are we in this? Um, yeah. And a lot of times they just never address it or everyone's just like cool as a cucumber after the near kiss. And I'm like, maybe that's some people's experience, but <laughs> not mine. Yeah. Agreed. And, uh, and so we find out that Nick, that he would go to the train museum every year uh, growing up. And that was really important. And, uh, he fell for the woman of his dreams in high school. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, the, the, he, he, I guess after high school, he fell for that where his high school crush and he ended up proposing, but she was having an affair with his best friend. So you're just like, Oh, Nick. I know he's so sweet. Like, yeah. a really good job of making his character so genuine so yeah and so she's added kind to her list and then also being vulnerable so uh, he allows himself to be vulnerable and he you know proposed and everything so then she starts to because we've had this thing with Derek and Holly this this book she's writing so she brings herself into the story now at this point. So there's no more Hall. <laughs> and again, I thought that was so fun. It was yeah. so clever. Well done. Uh, and probably does speak to the higher budget that they had to be able to do something like this, to have like a whole nother set and a whole nother, um, uh, it, uh, you can feel, I guess the network on here. Yeah. The, the, the network, um, funding behind it I really liked that and I also felt like probably uh I mean as a writer so that's writing isn't my focus or the center of my career as a writer um there are definitely things that you write and characters that you um write from your perspective and I mean, everything is obviously from your perspective, but characters that you really sort of embody in a way, or you're working through something by writing it. And that really came through that she's really working through some, um, some things and has been by envisioning him as the, you know, like envisioning him as that. Yeah. Yeah. She's like processing her own life through these stories and through this, that what she's writing and so that's helping her get over a writer's block. And, uh, and this is when, so Lucas meets, uh, meets Ryan and, and Natalie, and, uh, he, 
he compliments her on the website then the daily affirmations that she has on her website she's like oh she says oh that's all ryan ryan does all the social media and he says he says some of the stuff you come up with is like a beacon of hope to the recent members of the lonely hearts club which was so cute i loved these two together it was so good they were so good they had great chemistry yes um yeah, that's it's again, it's it's like one of those where you're really rooting for the, you know, secondary or B plot romance where you're like, oh, I, I definitely want to keep tabs on that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that to kind of happen in the background. I want to be I want to yeah. make sure that I am able to follow what's going on with the two of them, too. Yeah. So they're going to cancel the Dickens Festival that they have. And again, this is another thing that kind of threw me off a little bit because you have Caleb, uh, the leading the charge to keep the festival. And usually that kind of person is not the kind of person who has affairs. And like, like that was surprising. And you were able to work in a save the festival plot line, just effortlessly and not feel tired here. And uh, so they're working on that. And, and the whole time they're also, so Nick and Natalie are doing this interviews and everything. And uh, he says, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 16 year old self? And she says, stop overthinking, be more confident. Don't worry so much about what others, other things find uh, a work-life balance and stop procrastinating is what she says. So I'm curious for you, what, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? I would give to my 16 year old self. Um, I would tell her that believe it or not, you will like being tall one day. <laughs> Yes. Um, embrace it. Uh, yeah, I would also tell her, um, let's see. Yeah, I would just tell her to, to kind of own who she is and embrace it. Um, and that, you know, rather than trying to conform, um, you know, high school is all about conformity. Um, or maybe, maybe it's not. I feel like kids now. Yeah. Um, are a little different, but when I was in high school, it was all about conformity, um, to the status quo. And I would tell her, you know, don't ever worry about conforming to the status quo, just be who you are. And that that'll work the best for you in life. Um, yeah, I think I'm sure I could come up with more profound things, but on the fly, (laughs) you're going to like call and don't conform. (laughs) I think that's good. I think I would say, don't take uh, people for granted, you know, like spend time with, and I did pretty good, but spend time with particularly, uh, my grandpa who passed away in 2001, uh, mm-hmm. make sure you really treasure all those times because yeah. you really miss him when he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have a different idea of, um, mortality or immortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like when he's writing, he's asking her all these questions, like this would be a good article. I'd want to read this article. I know. I did a good job with that. Can can they like, can the writer write it? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so what do you think of the fact that uh, Lucas and Nick were kind of spying on her a little bit? Like he has his camera out. They're taking pictures of her uh, with Caleb. Did you think that was a little weird? Yeah, I did. And that's why I, I wasn't sure that I was going to root for that relationship because I didn't like, I felt like his approach was a little, um, 
ah, like not, it's not quite sleazy is not quite the right word, but like a little sly, a little, like, I just wanted him to be more, I, I don't know. I, I felt like her, cons her consent, um, to be photographed and, uh, yeah. Like, and I thought that was going to come back a little bit more. Like I thought she was going to, it was one of the pictures was going to end up being in the article or something like that. And that she was going to be mad, but it didn't really, uh, he just kind of stopped on his own. There, yeah. there wasn't like an outrage. It really didn't. I don't know if there was great payoff for that. No, because it didn't seem to impact the plot. Whereas I think if, I don't know, I felt like it was a violation. I feel like you should consent to having your photo, you know, like she should yeah. be to a lot of those things um and I'm sure if she had found out like I I, I just really thought she was going to find out and they would yeah. have you know a pretty heated conversation about it, it you know if nothing else um but yeah I didn't love that just because I know how uncomfortable I would feel if that happened to me yeah uh, and so then this is, so there's, they're going to have, they're able to, uh, get enough money from this live stream. She does to save the Dickens festival. She kisses Caleb. That's when they see her and they did do a good job of really making him jealous. It, yeah. So it was fun on that level, but I think they could have just done it where he sees them. And there's not this sense of, um, peeping Tom, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like it didn't, yeah, it didn't have to be like Behind you didn't need like the voyeurism aspect of it. Oh, it was no, a little that yeah. Makes it yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so he's talking to this lady at the market and, uh, she tells him, oh, Caleb have an and I have an on and off again thing. And that I'm the girl that he cheated on his wife with. I don't feel like this woman would just like tell that to a stranger. <laughs> this feels very like intimate to tell a total stranger yeah. but but wow. nevertheless that's what they did <laughs> like so. I could even understand I could understand the first part if she's seeing him you know she's seeing the two of them together and just in a moment of um jealousy and insecurity yeah. saying, you know we're on and off but I'm the one he always comes back to I could see, like, I could almost buy that if you were feeling extremely jealous and extremely insecure, which I would think that she would. Yeah. Um, but admitting that you were the affair feels less like something you would admit randomly. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I feel like that's something you'd be a little bit embarrassed by. So you wouldn't want to just tell everybody. No, I mean, I guess <laughs> was maybe she was a little proud of it. You know, I, I feel like to say you'd have to be a little proud of it. So I was like, yeah. okay, this is just who this person is. Like I kind of have to buy it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell myself that she, her insecurity makes her flaunt that. Yeah. For so now he's worried though, that she's falling for this bad guy, that Caleb is no good. And uh, so then he's really conflicted. What is he going to do? And, uh, and that worked so well. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, if they had, if that's the method they had to do to get him to that spot where he's really jealous and really concerned, totally worked. I thought it was great. And Neil did a great job with that. And then he's got these, he's like dressed up for the Dickens festival. He's got the mutton chops on and everything. Uh, <laughs> it was really fun. I mean, it, 
and uh, and I loved uh, to have Ryan dressed as future Christmas future with a yeah. giant top hat. It was so fun. It was that was great. The whoever did costumes um, was they did an incredible. They job. they did a great job. It was so good, and uh, and then uh, so she talks uh, uh, to uh, to Nick, and they're like drinking mulled wine. And he's all telling her, you're cautious. And that's not such a bad thing. He's trying to convince her. Uh, and uh, and then we get uh, her, this lady again saying, you know, he always comes back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nick confronts Caleb and says, you used her for her celebrity. You just blew the best thing to ever come back into your life. That was a great, it was a great moment. It was really yeah. good. That was, uh, <laughs> and that makes it, and then like that's sort of, from that moment with the, with the woman in the market, like that's when you start to a hundred percent, you know, like now we're a hundred percent rooting for Nick and then that. Yeah. 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 And so then he's talking to Lucas and he says, all that means is you still believe in love and you have feelings for Natalie and you're afraid how she'd interpret it. Now you have to talk to her, tell her the truth. And, And he says, she doesn't want to talk to me. And, uh, and then it was a great line. Since when have you let a little thing like that hold you back? Yeah, so good. Which is true as a journalist. Like that yeah. is, I imagine, a big part of the job is talking to people who don't want to talk to you. Um, yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so then he sends her flowers. And uh, it's, so she, uh, she goes and meets. Uh, and he says, because of you, I'll never stop believing and being around you hit his reset button. Uh, and uh, she's like, he's volunteering at the train museum. And uh, this is when she figures out her fifth of the must-haves is You Must Love Christmas, which is the title of the movie. First, I was like, oh, that's kind of a bland title. But it did work into the story. It did. And when it did, I was like, ah, oh, that's so good. Um, yeah. The same. Like, I would say the title didn't necessarily grab me or make me think that there was going to be anything like different about yeah um but then when that was her fifth thing you know it all ties together and yeah and then he says the real story was finding you oh it was so good and uh and uh i needed to be reminded of what it felt like to fall in love and she says both of us needed to be reminded of that nick and he says i was hoping you'd say that so good i loved it it's it reads and so she gets the ending of the for herself of the book that she had submitted and everything at the train station with the guy so it all comes full circle it was great and that was so smartly done too the way that um, her fictional reality and her actual reality kind of united in the train station or her, you know, her fantasy yeah. reality, just, um, you know, with it, with a different lead than she had envisioned all these yeah. years. Um, yeah. And after they kiss, he's like, oh no, you're going to be putting this in one of your books. And she's like, absolutely. <laughs> of course. As she should. Yes. Good. So good. Uh, yeah, I loved this movie. I thought it was so well written uh, and well done in uh, pretty much every way. Like we've said, I mean, I would give this my full five crowns. I thought, uh, like, yes, it's not perfect for what you want in these movies. This delivered. 
So yeah. I loved it. I would say five out of five also. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorites of the year. Same. Even the moments where I was like, mm, they were so fleeting and it was such small stuff. And I was yeah. like, no, that's, I'm going to let it go. Like the, yeah. like admitting the affair, yeah, you know, someone probably would. So it worked for the, it did what they needed to do for the characters. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right. Well, quick, we have to talk about when Christmas was young. Uh, so this was the third one that they had. And it's uh, it was on the 18th. And it stars Tyler Hilton and Karen David. And it's a headstrong music manager in desperate need of a hit song for his last remaining client finds himself uh, falling for a gifted singer-songwriter with abandoned dreams of making it big as he attempts to secure the rights to a Christmas song she wrote years ago. So what did you think overall of this one? Overall, you know, I, I did, I mean, we've definitely seen this movie before, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in ver- in various ways. Um, it's the, the Christmas movie that plays into the sort of country music genre a little not that her song really was but other yeah. uh, music throughout um but that plays in the country music um genre i i did think it was cute though i i liked that like without you know getting to the end before we've really spoken about the beginning but i did like what happened at the end i thought that that was um yeah, it was fun. I do think that the song needed to pay off a little bit better. Like the song was fine, but it wasn't like, wow, this is an amazing well, the, song. He is named after the song. So, right. I wanted the song <laughs> to be this like life-changing song, um, which, you know, it was fine, but yeah. there's so much buildup. I did really like the way it all came together in the end. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that the leads had really believable chemistry, um, yeah. you know, and I thought the romance for the most part played out pretty believably. Um, I will say in the beginning though, the first couple scenes of Tyler Hilton, I was like, I don't know this. I don't like this guy in a way where I don't know if he's going to be able to bring me around. Like he was so awful. Yes. So yeah. That's what I wrote as well. That boy, I mean, they really made him unlikable and I was thinking is he going to be able to be redeemed and I have to say it he did I think him and they had such good chemistry that I did buy it in the the redemption and but I agree with you that first like 30 minutes I was like wow yeah he needs to be visited by three spirits because he is brutal I was like I don't like him and she's so (laughs) sweet like I really loved the moment 
in the in the restaurant where he you know crashes into the bus and she's really on his like the bus boy are you okay go ahead get cleaned up you know like you're seeing how good yeah. of a person she is and he was such an asshole I was like yeah. I don't know and I don't think that he needed to be like that much of a jerk like yeah exactly what you're saying about the bus boy like just like normal humans like help people you know when when they're just because they're working doesn't mean you don't like help them you know and like yeah. uh you aren't kind that, to, yeah like, you know and I've worked in restaurants and people can be certainly awful but usually but they can be awful but usually if there's a collision even the most awful person will like pretend to be sorry you know like because yeah. like so I don't know I, I was really worried about that um for a you know like you said yeah and I frankly was kind of surprised that that the script did turn him around enough for me um yeah. because I I did think by the end, I'm like, oh, he's kind of endearing. He's kind of sweet, but I don't think they needed to go as far as they did go. It's like no. And I don't know if that was like a directorial, you know, I don't, I, I'm curious how much of that was in the script, how much of that was like directorial. I don't know. Cause you know, some of those lines could be um, enough to make you think like, oh, this guy, you know, thumbs down, he needs to have some growth, but without being like, I am actively repelled from rooting for this person. Yeah, I felt like they were trying at the beginning to do kind of like a Jerry Maguire kind of thing, but you need yeah. to have him be like a little bit likable uh, for that to to kind yeah. of pull off, you know, like the big epic quit. And then, uh, and I mean, he deserved to be fired yeah. by what he did and the way he was behaving. So again, you're not feeling for him the way you should, like you do in Jerry Maguire. And, uh, and uh he he finds the song uh lindsay his last client really wants the song uh and it was kind of charming how determined he was to get the song and how he wouldn't give up in with her and i think maybe that's what uh finally kind of wins you over uh to them and to, and to him and um but yeah when he's he runs into kenny at the restaurant uh, she bumps into uh, into him and is super rude. Um, also, the fact that like there's obviously been a problem with Brett, uh, where they don't get along anymore. He was rude to him, so I don't know it was just adding a lot. Uh, and clearly burned a ton of bridges mm -hmm. in this town, and nothing about him feels nice. Yeah. I liked um, Jordana Largi as Kara. Uh, I thought she was fun. Uh, she's uh, I've interviewed her. She's really a fun actress. Um, so she was nice supporting. Um, he comes into this food drive and he's like, why don't you just order it all online? <laughs> as if that's the same, but with people making donations. I mean, come on. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I did like the uh, win, lose, or draw. Mm -hmm. sequence that was fun I enjoyed yeah. that it kind of reminded me of when Harry met Sally yeah yeah it did have that I like that that yeah the whole was... fish face thing is <laughs> on when Harry met Sally that was funny um uh, so that was good and uh he says uh he's not 
into Christmas, but knows the songs. Lots of his clients have done Christmas albums. And I did appreciate the fact that uh, they, they didn't, like, I, I do think that they kind of gave him a reason why he didn't like Christmas. That felt like legit. You know what I mean? And yeah. a lot of these, you're just like, what is, why, why don't you like Christmas? But it kind of made sense with his family and his upbringing and, yeah. uh, and his, uh, his clients and everything like that. And, you know, that usually he was in like Vegas or just not very Christmassy places, uh, like, that oh, it become work and, and yeah. Do sing these things for the musicians? Um, yeah, everything that they gave him about that made a lot of sense. Made you feel for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because sometimes they're just like this. Granted, sometimes it's bad things, but they're like one bad thing happened when you're now. I hate Christmas. It's like go to therapy. Like you <laughs> don't have I, to. Hate it. <laughs> I kind of wish it had this whole movie had just started when he starts to volunteer. Like at that point, like his character was pretty endearing actually, and started to win me over and was still enough of a grump without like the previous 30 minutes of like him not caring about people at all. Then you have a little bit of whiplash between like the two sides of him. Uh, So they have a lot of cute moments together. He's walking her home uh there's a, a shooting star and he says if you have to ask where it is you're too late um she says she's not interested in the song uh and she kind of put herself out there at one point and she just can't go through that again uh she runs the restaurant that her parents left her and um uh and they they also have this whole sequence where they uh put up christmas for the needy uh, and including this one woman and uh they decorate her he decorates her house yeah. which was cute because her husband george was gone and that that's probably where where the movie really did kind of win me over to him same that was the real turning point for me where i was like okay i like this guy because he's being very sweet to this woman um and you feel like him in the beginning would have probably been rather mean to her and dismissed mm-hmm you know, but he listens to her story about her husband, um, and really helps her when she comes out of the house, you know, with the hat off and her hair sort of done to look at the lights. Um, you can just tell it made a difference for her. And he was so gentle with her. You know, you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, there's a good person under here. Yeah. And they go for a drink and there's Odd Lang Syne playing and uh, they talk about songs that take you back. And he, he, kind of tries to pressure her again about the song he never he never lets up on that which i thought was realistic actually and uh and they have uh they talk about dancing to white christmas and that 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 he became kind of bitter because this girl uh he they kissed and they in middle school and they he told her he loved her and that he's never said that since because she didn't like it. <laughs> she didn't. Uh, but that was sweet. School. Again, I say go to therapy. Yeah, so- go to therapy. <laughs> and she, he says, you've got to bend life to your will. If you want something, you have to get it. 
we also had a really i thought sweet scene when he makes pasta sauce for her and her daughter with it yeah. with bailey it was cute it was cute. i liked I like that a lot. The three of them together, that scene really worked. Um, and that's, you know, I think, I mean, probably when he helps decorate, but certainly by this, this scene kind of solidified it for me where um, I was like, you know, this, this is cute. This is a cute unit. Um, the three of them and he's being yes. really the daughter, the daughter seems to really like him. Um, so that was when I was, hundred percent on board because I was a little I was pretty wary of him yeah. that, that's yeah. when I really got on board well I have to say that I'm sure this film was filmed in the summer but he did not have a proper coat on for this whole movie he had like a light jacket and I'm like it's freezing like, I'm like I know it must be hard for you actors but you gotta you gotta do it you gotta have a coat like this is no, a light or, jacket it's you know it's like um Lauren Graham was always decked out in all those fall scarves and Sherpa and it was like 90 degrees in Burbank, but you gotta, you know, you gotta get the winter garb on if it's supposed to be winter. Otherwise, yes. everyone who lives in a cold climate is like, uh, I mean, like that is a winter coat for Los Angeles. I'll give them that. But, <laughs> but not for wherever Cranberry Falls is. Yeah, no, wherever that no. is. <laughs> a lot more oh. dead. I thought it was fun when they played chopsticks. That was yeah. a, again, a fun moment. You're starting to be, uh, to be dear to them as a couple. And, uh, and then she shows him some of the other songs that she's written. She says, I'm a single mother. I don't have the luxury of impossible dreams. And yeah. he says, I don't believe you. I think music still inspires you. Yeah. So that was really, really good. You're he's, he's winning you over. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're seeing a more playful side of him, which is important. Um, yeah. And it starts to pivot from him just wanting the rights to her song to him actually believing in her yeah. as a singer. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so then they also have the moment where they slip on the ice and they end up like kind of on top of each other, like, which would never happen in real life, but I absolutely love it in the movies. You know when what? You get feels totally contrived although one time jackie slipped on ice in times square and literally fell into a man's arms oh really oh and he was like, this our meet cute and he wanted nothing to do with it i mean so like the reality is that it doesn't end up being romantic he wanted nothing he just sort of like righted her and kept going <laughs> it's like the movie fall when you're on like a subway or whatever and you just fall yeah. right into the person yeah love yeah, yeah i and absolutely like, love it it's ridiculous like, it's so ridiculous and like it happens in real life you can slip and fall into someone but are you gonna marry them like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a fun a fun moment for them and we have Kara telling them you know that you seem smitten with each you know with with Luke and and uh and I think she says Luke makes me think and things uh, and there are things you don't want to think about and then she says i think luke has feelings for you too and i i know it and you know it and i think you feel the same way so it was that was really cute and so he starts to kind of come around he he calls his old boss and says hey can we help with this toy drive with uh some mini uh keyboards which was really cute. And then he goes and apologizes to Brett and they basically make up and say they're going to be in the, the uh, New Year's football game. 
And he says, I want to be better, a better friend. Uh, he says he started believing the hype. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, he says, I still know a voice. I still know talent. And I heard it in you. And she says, I'm afraid I have responsibilities. What if I fall in love with performing and lose it again? And uh, I mean, you're a performer. Could you relate to that kind of uh, her insecurities? I think, I think it's probably really hard work to let go of that and to be genuinely happy doing something else. And then to sort of have to deal with the possibility of re-entering it. But then, you know, she has adult responsibilities now, child is taken care of. And, and to know that, um, you know, you don't have the, as she says, like the luxury, you know, maybe she tries it, but there's a limited amount of time that she can give it a go before she'd have to step back from it again, if it wasn't working out. And I think that would be, um, probably pretty traumatic. I think it would be kind of traumatic unless you were really, really in a place where you felt, I don't want this. Like I've tried it and I've realized I actually don't want this, but if you do want it and you step back from it, I think it would be really painful to go through that again. Yeah. And what I thought this movie did really well is that the conflict then which happens after this kind of this conversation was actually, I think, legit. Like he makes a genuine mistake. She is upset by the mistake. And then he has to, uh, he has to try to make amends. She has to forgive him as opposed to a lot of these kind of things where it's like, how could you lie to me? Where it's like, oh my gosh, they hardly did anything. And you're making this big deal out of it. And whereas I felt like everything, the conflict was very well handled in this, I think, because, because he he's talking to Lindsay, this is his only client. And Lindsay says, that you have to get the song and so he says i got it and he lies so he makes a genuine bad decision he makes a yeah. mistake as we do and uh and so then Lindsay says on the radio says oh i'm singing this song when christmas was young which is important to her important to our lead character because she wrote it for her mother and uh, so the fact that he would do this it was really hurtful and, and so I, I don't know, I just felt like that was all very well handled when it's so often is not. Yeah. A lot of times I think we're dealing with a, like a miscommunication. Yeah. They're taking so seriously and it's like, uh, okay, have perspective. Like it was a miscommunication, but you guys can work this out. You're growing Yeah. Up. You should have a good talk it, and you'd be fine. Yeah. And whereas this was like, yes, that was t- completely inappropriate of him to do. He panicked. He didn't want to lose the, you know, he wanted the client, um, he did it at a moment of desperation and panic, which doesn't make it okay, but that's what happened. And, um, and she was rightfully upset. And because even there's a lot of emotional, uh, context and attachment to the song, but even, even if that wasn't true, she wrote it and never thought about it again, it's still her song. And she has every right to be upset that someone would claim to have the, that she had given the rights when she hadn't. Um, yeah. And it was just so well done because people make mistakes in life and, you know, and then we have to forgive them. And, and I, I thought that it's just so often the conflict is not well done and it just becomes frustrating if you're like, now you're making it not fun because like, for instance, a lot of like fake dating or those kinds of things, you know, and they'll be like, Oh, you lied to our family. You lied to them. Like, Oh, now you made it not fun. Right. Uh, <laughs> but in this one, it was an understandable, it was an understandable error on his part 
uh, that he felt bad for. Uh, and it was understandable that her, that she got upset. And I know, I just thought that was all, like she said, so well done. Uh, and, uh, and you could see the money also in this with the fact that it was clearly all, like actually filmed in Nashville, this yeah. part, the ending part, which like, especially for just like a pretty small part of the movie, um, you could tell it was actually in Nashville, which was nice. Yeah. To go on location like that is, um, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely a budget thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so Melody gives Lindsay the rights and she, she kind of comes around on him and real, she has this conversation with her dad that helps, you know, and he says, your mother would want you to, to go after your dream, uh, that, uh, would want you to be happy. And him is seeing that he got the, um, the toy drive, the keyboards, and she starts to realize that, uh, uh, that he was, he just made it, he made a mistake and she can forgive him. And so she tells Lindsay that, uh, that she will give the rights to the song if she rehires him as the manager and, and brings everybody to the show to see the show. And, uh, and then it's a smile, like you just got your Christmas wish. And, uh, and I did think that Lindsay, she was way too extra on silent night. Like <laughs> she was singing it. Like it was like a sexy love ballad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is, you know, maybe, maybe it was a character choice, but yeah, I was like, this is not how I would approach the song, but no. <laughs> <This is> like, <laughs> it was too much. Yeah. It was- uh, <laughs> lot and maybe that was on purpose I don't know but I was like wow (laughs) and so then church you know a midnight at church with the candle kind of a song in my (laughs) yeah and uh and so then she invites Melody to sing her song with her and so then Lindsay's on the piano she's uh Melody is up front uh for everybody to hear her she sings and, uh, and then they, they, uh, after the song, then they have a cute moment and the kiss on the stage. And, uh, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. So the movie did win me over, but it sounds like we basically had the same kind of experience with this one. I was yeah. very not enjoying it for the first yeah. 30 minutes, maybe it took, it took a minute and like the kiss on the stage, I'll allow it's a movie. Um, but I was like, they wouldn't like do that on the stage you know I was like yeah kind of like in music and lyrics where he runs off the stage and kisses her in the wings that feels more realistic than like a kiss on the stage it's this woman's concert nobody in the audience knows who these people are right that's the thing like if it was Lindsay and uh it's somebody else kind of famous or whatever it would make sense but yeah these are two people that the audience does not know at all I mean, I guess no. you had the people that she had brought, maybe, I guess, obviously know her, but um, other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was I like, agree. uh, you know, it's fine. I'll buy it. It's a movie. It's a happy ending. You know, that's, it is what it is. But I was like, I don't think they would kiss on this date yeah. I, for whatever reason. I like grasped onto that aspect of reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So what would you give this one, uh, out of five? I'd probably give this one like a three and a half out of five. Yeah. I agree. I'd watch it again. I, I did enjoy it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so 
there we go. That is the CBS movies. Let us know what you think of these three. I'd love to hear in the comment section uh, or on Twitter. And uh, Kaylee, how can people find you, follow you on social media? Um, you can follow me on social right now. I'm just on Instagram, which is at Kaylee Scott. It is not phonetic. It is C-A-I-L-E-I-G-H-S-C-O-T-T. And that is the, the best way to connect. Great. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. And also you can follow the podcast at Homework is Pod and Homework is Podcast, just not on Facebook. So don't follow us on there because we are, Facebook is disabled and we can't get it back. So uh, that's been fun. Uh, but then we also are on all the rest of the socials. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group, which is a lot of fun. And we have uh, watch alongs and other fun activities. So please check that out. And we have the merch store, which has tons of festive fun designs. So take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, Kaylee. This was a lot of fun. And uh, I hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Merry Merry Christmas. Bye, everyone.